hello and welcome to a special edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. I'm Amy McDonald, yoga student, teacher, and yoga business coach. In this special episode, I'm taking you inside the Business of Yoga speaker series where you'll meet yoga teachers, experts, and entrepreneurs from all over the world. I'm not kidding. We're going to Melbourne, Singapore, London, Barcelona, San Francisco, New York, and more talking all things growing your yoga business. I hope you love learning from my guests as much as I enjoyed interviewing them. And if you do, please leave a review for this podcast. Enjoy. Hey folks, welcome back to the Business of Yoga speaker series and your hostess, host, I don't know what's correct anymore, but I'm Amy and uh, I'm heading up this party. Today, I'm very excited to introduce my guest because Again, we're seeing here modeled how you can have a yoga business that doesn't um, have to be, I teach yoga classes at a yoga studio. So folks, please join me in welcoming Mariam Sharifzadi to the Business of Yoga Speaker Series. Hi, thank you, Amy. I, you know, you get extra points straight up because you have Shiva Nataraj in the back. Like that, you're already <laughs> on my bestie list of guests of I- all time. Why not have the support, you know, if you can manage? <laughs> and I always think too, he reminds me that it's okay that everything's going to shit. It's just part of the cycle. Like, yeah. Dance on. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I usually work from this spot right here. And so Shiva's behind me and it's the first time I'm seeing its reflection. So I oh. see myself in the video and I can see Shiva behind me. So it's kind of has this a, a reflection back. I have that mirror the macrocosm, microcosm right here in your workspace. <laughs> Folks, before we just go way down the rabbit hole of nerding out about all things yoga, let me tell you a little bit more about our guest for today. So Mariam is the CEO and founder of Office Yoga. We'll talk a lot about that. It's fairly self-explanatory and we're going to go into a whole bunch of detail. So her service is about offering yoga and meditation in an office environment to employees in their workplace and as well as delivering that service. Office Yoga is also um, a a training uh, entity and offers that as a teacher training modality as well. So welcome. Thank you. How long have you been doing this for? How long, like when did you set this company up? I set the company up about six years ago. So it was in 2013. I, I licensed it and did all the registrations for it. I, I was doing it two years prior to that. So it's, okay. it's technically been eight years, but I think legally it's been six. And why did you decide? So were you teaching gen, more generally before that? Or is this how you started teaching? I was doing everything. You yeah. know how that's yeah. sort of the yoga world. And yeah. I was te- you know, I had a part-time job coordinating a wellness program at UC Berkeley, Cal, okay. that's local here. Yeah. And I was I had a studio that I owned. It was a personal training studio. I was coming from the fitness wellness background. So Got I had it. personal training clients and I had a couple corporate clients that I had, you know, in the mix of all of that. So I was I was doing that work prior to starting office yoga. Yep. And so why did you decide to, of all of the things you had in the mix, what was it about this that appealed to you? I was in a transition. I was in Stephanie Snyder's yoga teacher training, which I know that you've had her on your show as well. Yeah, yeah. 
Love her. A lot of respect for her. And she's yeah. taught me so much. And I remember it was, you know, in the midst of a training and we were all finishing up and you feel so close to your, <laughs> you know, your team, you, you go through all the psycho emotional change and you, you feel very vulnerable and you're close to all of your colleagues and, and teacher trainees in the group. And that was the very end. And everybody wanted to teach yoga. You know, everybody was all of a sudden wanting to be a teacher. Yeah. And I remember looking around the room and thinking, how the hell is everyone going to have an opportunity to teach? You know, yeah. <laughs> just, it felt like the reality, you know, was so clear to me that there was going to be very little opportunity for my fellow classmates and uh, my sangha really to be successful yeah. in the world that we're really in. You know, there's this limited opportunity in studios. Yeah. It's just hard, you know, and it, it was difficult. So I was already teaching um, a, uh, one client actually, with who I still have now. I've been. Wow. I know. I love them so much, uh, and we've we've done a lot of great work together. Um, but I remember being in a transition. I left my part time job at Cal, and I was doing Steph's training. And I thought, well, I could just go around and you know see if anybody else wants to offer yoga in their offices, and then I can eventually hire my my sangha, my you know community to yeah. teach for me. And I was just going to keep it really small. You know, I had no intention of it being anything that it is now but yeah that was the sort of what stemmed it from the very beginning it was more to create opportunities for other people as well as for myself just a side project really <laughs> oh, i love it um and so how many teachers teach for office yoga now right now i have about 12 in the san francisco <laughs> bay area yeah and three in new york uh three or four in austin and about six in colorado so we're sprinkled all over the United States, which is great. Seriously? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been quite a project. And like I said, I never intended it for it to be where it is now, but the universe just kept opening pathways. <laughs> yeah, that Ananda Tandava just kind of happened to you. So yeah. I, there's so much about this that I want to – this is going to be such a cool conversation. So – and then I just feel like I've put a lot of responsibility on myself to ask really poignant questions. Whoops. <laughs> um, okay. So, okay. This is the piece that I want to start with. I am really interested in how you bring yoga to people where you meet them, where you're at. And I think for me, I'm not, I'm talking less about, you know, like beginners, intermediate, advanced kind of bodies, but more about mindset or, um, uh, desire to kind of be exposed to like at what point do you sort of go spiritual secular what you're walking in with people who already have beliefs or understandings you're in a, an environment where people may not be actually available to sort of be them their true selves with their colleagues I'd love to talk to for you to tell us a little bit about how do you make sure that the yoga that you bring is kind of office appropriate like what do you need to be mindful of that's a really good question. And I think that there's a lot of layers to that answer. Ooh. So uh, I think basic, um, and actually this is something I learned from Steph, was make friends with them first. Nice. You know, so I think the initial approach when you're walking into the office and teaching is to keep it, assuming that they're all beginners because most people are. Yep. Keep it very basic, very simple, and relatable. You know, they have to be able to trust you and 
know that you know what you're talking about and also know that you care about them. Uh, mm -hmm. Otherwise, you just, you'll lose them. And you see the same people every week. So that mm -hmm. initial start, that initial relationship is really important. Mm -hmm. um, so I think keeping it very basic, everybody has a body. Everybody has breath. So keeping it very simple and connecting at those levels to start, yep. um, I think is going to be your best approach. Okay. I now, like once you have clients for eight plus years, like I have, you know, with my original client and, and the rest of them, you know, we have a few for four five, six years, you wow. can go a little bit more in depth. Yeah, I, I have, I love the programming aspect of what we do. Um, but once you build that rapport and you get to know their bodies and you have sort of a baseline of the asana practice and the breath work, then you can go a little bit deeper. Every client is different, just depending on industry, depending mm. on age range and skill level. So mm. that's why I say there's many layers to that question is in San Francisco, we have a lot of tech companies, but we also yeah. have banks, you know, we have yeah sports you know sport companies uh, professional teams so mm -hmm. we've worked with the whole spectrum of clients um so there isn't like a single set approach but i would say if if you're working with a new client to keep it very basic and relevant you know when you're sharing that um i had a memory came up for me uh, i used to teach at a men's prison and i um and i um got hooked in with the prison yoga, prison yoga project, whatever they call people, they were great and all the rest of it. And so I had, okay, I know what to do, go into, and I presumed all of this stuff about those men and what they would want. And I remember about three classes in, one of the guys said to me, hey, could you give us like a chakra meditation? And I'm like, what? Because I'm thinking, don't make, they don't want to sit still. They don't want to have their eyes shut. And he's like, yeah, I've never, I've, I've never, what did he say? This is the first place I haven't felt like I'm going to be shanked. I'd love it if you could teach some meditation. Oh, and wow. all this stuff about actually all they need is to stretch out their muscles because they'd lift so many weights. Mm -hmm. And they wanted something totally different. And so I think also what I'm hearing you describe is be friendly, be open, and be receptive to what they tell you that they're looking for, not presume that, oh, these are all guys in suits. They just want like shoulders and kind of neck and whatever. Yeah, it's there's a skill of reading the room, which I think comes with experience yeah, and yeah. you know a, a maturation of teaching. Like if you've been teaching for a long time, you're really able to. It's like a. To me, I, I it's pulsating in my skin. Like I could feel it in in the air. You know, it's very palpable. Um, but I think that comes with skill and time and being able to just read body language and environment. I agree with you to a point, but I think it's more nuanced than that in the sense that I think that's true in the studio environment, but there's a whole other, you have a whole other heightened level of being able to do that, read that because this is a foreign environment for people. I was speaking to a woman last week who um, teaches yoga at a mine site, like people who live remote mining. You walk in there and everyone's in orange and navy and kind of hairy and a bit overweight. And like, I think it actually takes more than just what's, oh, I think you're undervaluing your skill because you're walking into an environment where people, maybe they don't actually want to be there. Maybe it's mm. kind of a team thing and they haven't been converted yet. Mm -hmm. I think it's, you're, it's sort of like teaching yoga in a non-yoga environment. That's absolutely what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teaching yoga around a conference table. Yes. <laughs> With a big screen behind me, you know, it's, it's very, the, the, the environment is incredibly different. And I think that's just 
we undervalue that too. It's just, the setup is very different. Um, and again, most people are beginners. So yeah, it's more than just reading the room and reading yes. people, but I, perhaps I've just been doing it for so long. Yes. I forget yes. You're that that's underestimating your ability. Yeah. Perhaps. I appreciate you calling me out on that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But having said, I also do think what you just said then is really powerful and I, I want this to land for the people it's meant to land for because I know a lot of people in my community are freelancers, like they'll hire the church hall or they'll, or they'll hire the recreation centre or whatever and their fear is how can I charge what a studio charges because this is just a church hall or this is, you know, it's not as beautiful or blah, blah, blah. And I always say, actually, it's not what the venue looks like. Sure, we like going to beautiful places, but it's the quality of the teaching. Mm -hmm. And so and teaching around a conference table, you can have amazing yoga there. You can have amazing yoga on the banks of the Ganga. But actually, it's the teaching. It's not the aesthetics, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I think what you have to offer is so important. And that's what you're selling. You're not selling yourself as a yoga teacher. You're selling the practice and the benefits of the practice. And I think it's really important to be clear about what your objective is when you're going into teacher class. Like what's your purpose for being there? What are you sharing with them? Yep. And what are people needing? You know, yeah. is this, are you responding to your current environment? You know, maybe your community of people, what are they needing or just in general, or if it's something that you feel is important to share, mm. but that's what you're selling. That's what you're charging for. That's what you're offering. Mm. Regardless yeah. of where the space is, is there any pragmatic things that you would teach your trainees or your staff about um, making the mundane sacred? <laughs> How do you take a boardroom and turn it into a temporary yoga studio? <laughs> That's a really good question. Again, you're you've been doing this for a while. <laughs> Pragmatic things. So there are some some basic, simple logistics that you can yes. do of turning a conference room into a, a safer space. So when I walk into a conference room, usually the things that are going on is the lights are really bright. You have those bright LED lights yes. on the yes. ceiling. So yes. I'll always turn off the lights. Okay. Um, there's usually a screen, a TV screen of some sort, yeah. or an iPad on the table. So I'll also turn those off. Okay. Um, and I'll turn them down. I've recently found out not to unplug them though, because the meetings that come in afterwards <laughs> have trouble setting them back up. So <laughs> learn how, to, how to turn them down, but not completely shut them off. Mm -hmm. Just unplug everything. Um, the other thing I do is oftentimes there's whiteboards on the, on the walls and there's yes. lots of writing from previous meetings. Uh, I'll get permission first, but I'll clear off the whiteboards because that's yeah. uh, busyness is felt. Yes. You know, if someone's looking up and there's algorithms everywhere, it's, it's a felt thing yes, to me. Yes. So as clear as the space can be, I will get it. So dim the lights, clear off the table, turn off any lights, iPads, TV screens, anything yep. like that, yep. electronics, wipe off the whiteboards, and then, you know, make sure that the chairs are somewhat organized so it feels like the space has been prepared, you know? <laughs> totally. So my students will be watching this going, oh, my God, Amy's loving that point right now. Yes, lining up the stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a felt thing. Yes. Um, and your students notice it, it. They can be a little bit more relaxed feeling like you're prepared showing up. So and I actually, I also wear um, business casual clothes when I teach the express format. Oh, stop. Really? Yeah. Just so it lets them know that they could do it in their clothes too, because they don't change their clothes for this particular format that we offer. So whenever I teach it, I'm also wearing business casual clothes. 
That's a, you know, that that's a compromise I'm not prepared to make. So, <laughs> God, really? Oh, wow, I'm impressed with that. Yeah. Although oh. I did get into the business just to wear stretch pants. <laughs> yeah. But it, it makes a big difference, I think. They feel more comfortable. They totally. feel like one of them. It's a massive yeah. difference. Yeah. Huh. Maybe I could pull out all those pencil skirts after all. I don't know what you can do with a pencil skirt. Bujangasana, Tadasana, Shavasana, that's about it. Garudasana. <laughs> Handstand, if you've got a, if it's, if it's really kind of tight, just a okay. up. <laughs> yeah, I haven't said that. That's never happened for me in a pencil skirt. All right. So, and I've got another pragmatic question for you. What about the thing about schlepping all of the gear all over town? I mean, do you have big stripy bags full of stuff? What's the deal with that? That's a good question. So I do have travel mats that I'll offer for special event classes if people are wanting to do something for a wellness event or a one-time. Um, I have I invested in some Manduka travel mats. So they're really lightweight. I have about 15 of them. They're not too heavy to carry. Uh, They can be a little annoying getting on and off just depending on where the event is. um, Mm. If I'm taking the bus or something, but I've tried to avoid that (laughs) because it's quite awkward walking onto a bus with a shoulder stack of mats. Um, In terms of our regular programming, our clients will keep mats and equipment on site. Great. So it's not something that we have to carry around. Right. But if someone's just wanting to try it out or, you know, it's a one-time event, you know, I understand not wanting to invest in, you know, 20 blocks, 20 mats just for a one, one-time class. So do you, we'll Does your company around. offer one-to-ones and group or is it all group? It's most of the time when they reach out, they're wanting group classes. Okay. Yeah. I do offer... Um, one-on-one coaching with CEOs, if that's something that people yeah. are interested in. Uh, but most of the time they're reaching out for group classes for the entire team. Yeah. And so how big, what's the largest class size that you would have? It depends on the size of the company, but one of our bigger clients has about 20 people. In okay, there. cool. Yeah. It's, it's usually they're, they'll range between six to 12, six to 15. Nice. Yeah. But if a company has, you know, a few floors and that we've been with this other client for about four years now and uh, they're, they're going three times a week, which is great. Uh, the more often they go, I also notice the bigger the class sizes are because people can really invest in the program. They know, um, you say every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they have yoga at lunch. If they miss one day, they know they can go the other two days. And so it feels like something that they can really dig into versus, ah. you know, it being more sporadic. Yeah, interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. And so do do you find that it's the employer that pays and it's a it's a uh like a employment benefit to the employees or do the employees pay for themselves? The employer pays. Cool. I think that's a really important aspect of it is yeah. it should be a benefit to the employees. It should be free for them, a perk that they are able to enjoy during work because it's it will help in the long run it will help the employer themselves too if your employees are happy and able to be themselves and be healthy and move into their bodies and use their minds efficiently and effectively ultimately it will help the employer 
no yeah, doubt. Fewer, fewer workplace injuries from sedentary work and all that. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, chronic pain syndrome yeah. start to decrease. Yeah, wow. We just hear stress decreases from that. A lot of our chronic pain comes from stress, you know, and a lot of our stress comes from work. So being able to track backwards, you know, and yeah. just deal with the yeah. physical body and the mind. You know, it, it strikes me that, in fact, I forgot what the word is. I have a bit of a fetish for learning about cults. And there's, you know, the, the people who do the original, like, hey, would you like to come to our seminar? To, to people off the street. I think your business is a little bit like that. Like you're out there giving people, would you just like a pamphlet? And then they come to the seminar and then we get them and keep them forever. I'm really <laughs> grateful that you're doing that work and getting people who might not have found yoga otherwise onto the mat it's fantastic yeah thank you thank you it's really it's really important stuff that um and i think when people think about oh like you were saying about your teachers your colleagues when you were graduating and people think oh but surely there's no space left for me actually there's loads of people who don't do yoga yet yes and that's a beautiful place to play that's my audience i love working with beginners i Mm. love to be the the shiny light that says, hey, yoga over here. (laughs) And then it's nice to also see, you know, people who have been working with us for a long time, they start to go on the weekends, they ask for recommendations of yoga studios. And of course, I'm I'm always sending them to Stephanie Snyder. (laughs) Well, you got so many choices in your town. I mean, you're not wanting for good teaching. Yeah, we have we have great teachers here, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Um, Okay. Where do I, oh, okay, can we change direction a little bit? Because there's there's sort of another area that I'm interested to know about with your business is um, you're the founder of this business. It's now across country, multiple states. Um, How do you, or how important is uh, like continuity across your teachers and, and across your brand? And if it is important, how do you make sure that you have it? Very carefully. <laughs> this yeah. is this has been something that has always been on my mind, especially as we grow. Yeah. I haven't grown, I've been doing this for six years, and yes, it's growing and it feels like it's growing fast, but I've been very particular about quality because yeah. as soon as if it grows too quickly and quality goes down, then I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. I don't want to yeah. be involved in that. So yeah. Uh, I think that's where the teacher training came into place was because I realized we we're growing and it was in mostly in San Francisco at that point. And I had teachers, you know, that I knew personally teaching in different areas, different offices. And when it came to a point where I had to start bringing in instructors that I didn't know that had different backgrounds, like Ashtanga yeah. or Iyengar backgrounds, I just assumed that they would be able to translate their ba- their skill set into the office. That's when I realized oh no, what they do is very different. And mm. they actually don't know how to translate this into the office. And mm. I had a, a situation that was, I was auditioning someone. Uh, she had an Ashtanga background and I just told her, no problem. Just modify the primary series. You know, they're, they're workers. They're young. They were a younger tech company, but you know, they're still office workers. They're coming straight from their desk down into the basement to take class. And she was like, okay, no problem. Uh, the second pose she offered was jump back to chaturanga <laughs> and then inhale up dog, you know, and there was a pregnant woman in the class. There was a guy who could barely touch his knees. I was scared this woman was going to go straight into labor. <laughs> this is, you know, just a couple minutes into class. So that's when I really 
started to told myself, I was like, all right, Miriam, you know, you need to be a little bit more professional about the way you bring people in. And that's when I created the training program. Mm. Uh, and the training program is a really the most effective way I can make sure everyone's teaching this, a similar methodology. I, I don't want it to be cookie cutter, but I have a template that I think is really agreeable to the environment that we're in. And so mm. I say, this is the template. I get to see everybody teach. Mm. They all teach in that training program. Uh, and then in the other states, I have uh, people that are either area managers or licensees that are working with the companies there. So impressive. It's, it's, it's not. Crazy. Uh, but I, all of you um, who develop your like develop your own syllabus and put your own thinking out into you know into a tangible product that we can. I just think that that's really really impresses me. So I love that. Yeah. So that, so everybody who's on your staff, they've been through your teacher training. Yes, everybody that uh, that teaches for office yoga has been through the instructor training program. Cool. And can other people do it and then just like, could I come take your training and then come home and teach it to offices around here? Like, is it a, a licensing situation or how does it work for other people? I feel like there's so much room for this practice in the, in the corporate world and the yeah. workplace. So yes, if people wanted to, I mean, I had someone in Paris and someone in Sweden and come take the, some of the previous trainings in San Francisco yeah. and all I can hope for is that they go back into their areas and teach, you know, however it is that they want to share it. Um, from the training, I do pick instructors for our brands, yeah. it's specifically our brands, but I mean, you could do whatever you want with the information. I, I hope the more the merrier, spread it out, make it your own. And so is it like a um, ongoing professional development? Is, would you anticipate that someone would have already done like 200 hours before they do your training or could I do it cold? You are, in order to teach for Office Yoga, the yeah. brand, you yep. would have to, we require a 200 hour before you do the Office cool. Yoga training program. Yeah, nice. I have had professionals who are just looking for professional development. And I even had someone who is a PhD in occupational health, I think, yeah. that wanted to do the training program, in which case they just wanted the information yeah. and skill so sets. So if I was and, like the risk manager, manager or something, it, it, I could go take this and then teach it a bit to more like stretch and healthy desks and all that sort of stuff. If I Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And so how do you, so you've got, so you have a management structure in place so that you can all be cohesive and working together. How do businesses find you? Oh, we want to have some office yoga. How do they find you? I think having the domain officeyoga.com oh, has been the greatest blessing. I I got it. You <laughs> Did you have to pay like five million dollars from someone who you was would think thinking? I bought it off of a man in Denmark, which was an interesting um, <laughs> experience. Aww. So I originally bought officeyogasf.com. That was okay. the first one I bought because office yoga, I think officeyoga.com was, I don't know if I even looked for it at the time, but I was in San Francisco. And again, I wasn't really planning yeah. to expand at all. I just yeah. wanted it to be here. And then I had the thought like, well, what if we go to Oakland or, you know, San Jose, like South Bay? I was like, would that be confusing if it's office yoga SF? Um, and I did a little bit of research and officeyoga.com was taken, but it wasn't a live site. I think I had just, you know, dug around, asked one of my current clients that was in the um, web development industry or something like that. And 
they gave me some advice. But anyway, I tracked down who owned it. It was a man in Denmark who spoke very little English. So, so the transaction was entertaining. <laughs> Negotiating was entertaining. But eventually I bought it for $1,200, which at the time was a lot of money for me. And I'm not going to lie, it still is a lot of money, but oh, but man, hell what hell a steal. Hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a steal. Gee. Wow. Yeah. That's a cool story in itself. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it took six months, you know, from start to finish, it took six months to get it and figure out how to trade all that information because I don't know anything about that. Um, but that's why they make think, money though for that guy. Don't you think? Yeah. I think it was a really good that's buy for him. I he, think he was sitting on it for 14 years. So <laughs> just paying GoDaddy like $10. Yeah. <laughs> He made his investment back. Yeah, good for him. You, I think but, you have this quality of perseverance about you. There's a tenacity there that, like, you know, I don't know how many people are going to negotiate on a URL for six months. In a, yeah. In, in bilingually. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, uh, there was this, this voice inside that was like, just do it. Just if you can get it, get it. It would make things easier. You know, I just kept telling myself it would be easier brand wise. Yeah. Just if you had officeyoga.com, that way you wouldn't have to explain so much. You wouldn't be stuck, in, you know, in, in San Francisco. And, you know, I just, I am very, I, I do have a ability to keep going for what I want and what I think is right. So. Awesome. Um, okay. I want to loop back to just to talk about your training again, because um, I, um, you obviously know what you're doing. And even just the, like, honestly, blew my, it blew my mind that you wouldn't wear yoga clothing. I don't even know why, why I thought about that, um, about the clothing that you, like that sort of stuff, the way that, that this is not just, here's how you can sit at your chair and stretch your shoulders on your desk. Like it, it, everything that you've talked about is more nuanced than that based on your experience. So I imagine for people that are, interested in doing this or including it in their business or in fact maybe they're doing it already but they want to feel really confident that they're doing it well this training could be really powerful so where can we find out more about it if we were interested in doing your teacher training officeyoga.com that's a great <laughs> shocking right <laughs> everything circles back to that i'm going to turn the lights on so cool i see that i'm getting pretty dark um, all of the information for the training is on our website okay, and cool. we actually will have three coming up this fall. There's one in New York in yep. September, September seven, eight. Uh, there's one in Austin, which will be in October, the 19th and the 20th of October. And then again in November in San Francisco, November, I think 11 and 12 or 10 and 11, but that weekend in November. So it's a uh, two day training. It's a 20 hour training. Yeah. Yes. Nice. We have, we have some assignments for people to do beforehand. Uh, and then there's a lot of content to cover while we're in training together. Most of it's going to be experiential. People will teach right away. Day one, they're starting to teach. Uh, and then there's some prep work afterwards too. It's, it really should be a 50 hour training, but right now <laughs> it's two days, um, you know, starting here. And there's a, there's a couple of videos and testimonials and things like that on the website as well. So people can see a little bit about the content and what the experience is like. I like it. Nice. I think this is a great addition for people that are looking to diversify. You know, the thing that people always say to me, oh, I'm going to do a prenatal teacher training and then I'll have another skill. Guess what? More people work in offices than are pregnant. 
Yes. Probably in your town and probably yes. people work in offices for longer periods of time than they're pregnant for. So if you're looking for a skill to add, <laughs> I suspect this one's probably going to have more utility. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and people need it. You know, people are really needing some, some health care in their, in their workplace. So what about you now in terms of you've made this, you said you described your business as your baby. You've made this, you've got people all over the States teaching it and you're teaching other people internationally to teach it. Are you still doing a bunch of other things as well, or is this kind of it? This is it. I've, I've been able to sort of over the years, let go of the other things that I was doing. I'm no longer personal training. Um, you know, this is 100% the work that I do. And even as, as I'm investing in this, I'm growing into a different element of, uh, I don't mm. know if you've heard of Conscious Company Media or Conscious Company Magazine. Mm. There's a whole movement towards creating a business environment or an organization that is very conducive for letting people be who they are mm. and creating a work environment that is fulfilling for people and inspiring for people rather than draining. Yes. Um, and that goes, you know, everywhere from expanding the measure of success beyond just profit, but also employee well-being and social impact. Um, and that's where I see office yoga really fitting into a bigger movement or a bigger picture. So, you know, I think baseline is have yoga in your office. That's standard. You know, yep. I don't think that's a complicated or a hard sell. Yep. Um, at least in San Francisco, it's very common and other big cities in the U S yep. it's very common. Um, so I think as, you know, once that's, um, a more standardized norm and there's a standardized process, which is through the training program that people are going in teaching safely and effectively. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot more work to do and that starts from the top down with, with CEOs and leaders and management. I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think, I think we're, we see it, um, in people's preparedness to put up with stuff is like, if you look at a millennial person is just so much less prepared to put up with the bullshit that I put up with in the work environment. And I, so I think like for me, Gen Xer, I was like, I'm, my option is to leave rather than actually my option can be to stay and to look at how to make this better. I think it's, mm -hmm. it's really exciting stuff. It is. It is. There's a lot of good movement towards, um, consciousness and expansion of how we think about things it's it's yeah. it's been a fight but i want it to be more of a an understanding and an educating process like an educational process yeah and i think you know to, to bring us back to um the folks who are uh thoroughly enjoying your interview one of the i i wonder if one of the the grunties for us in this is that sense of a sense of worth when it comes to what I do for work actually gets to be pleasurable. Like if, you know, if I'm, if I'm enjoying this, I must be being lazy or slacking off or not working hard enough or work isn't the same as play. When in fact you've created a business, you seem to, to be in love with it. I'm totally in love with my business. I'm happy to go to work every day because it's awesome. But I do think that people still feel that, oh, I'm not working hard enough or this shouldn't be pleasant for me. Or there's still a block there about, and, for, and you see, I see it with yoga teachers that, um, they kind of can't believe that it could actually be really beautiful and playful and abundant mm -hmm. all at the same time and like, and savor all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that's the majority of people, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. Uh, especially being in and out of offices, <laughs> seeing yeah. people at work, you know, um, there are people who are happy. And I, I think a lot of it may also be not knowing oneself fully. 
Yes. Because otherwise they think if you really did understand your strengths and who you are and what really drives you, you would be looking for those positions or those opportunities more. And I think that's just in general where yoga can also help. But I'm not saying that. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So good to talk to you. Uh, Folks, go check out, get yourself signed up. You need to offer this thing virtually somehow so that people in big islands (laughs) in the middle of nowhere don't have to get on a plane. Um, Thanks for being such a great guest. Can I, just one question in closing, if I may, I'm curious, you've built this thing, this, this, this business that's, you know, across the country. I'm wondering how many hours a week do you think you work in it? How many hours a week do I put in? Yeah. It fluctuates. Um, When I first started, it was minimal, about 20-ish hours a week, maybe Mm. 25. And then when I I hit points where I was creating the teacher training program, I was working 60-plus hours a week. I was working every weekend for a long time. I think for six months, basically, I worked every weekend. Um, So it just kind of depends on what's on my plate. Right now, I'm in another transition where I'm uh, brought on an assistant, so I'm training her to sort of cool. take over the day-to-day tasks. So, you know, responsibilities change, but sometimes it's light, you know, 20 to 30 hours a week, and then other other weeks it's a little bit more just depending on the projects that I have. But, so. it, ha- but, it, ha- but it's not, it hasn't been all-consuming the entire time. No, no. I, I have to set myself some good boundaries, too, yeah. to make sure that I'm enjoying the work and I'm taking yeah. care of myself. Otherwise, it's not fun. And, well, and then what's the point? <laughs> yeah, what's the point? Other than giving all of your, all of your sangha jobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for everything that you've shared with us. Just and letting me ask you like seriously geeky questions like how do you truck props on public transport across San Francisco? I really <laughs> appreciate that. Very carefully. Make friends <laughs> with the uni driver. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Feeling inspired, ready to grow your own yoga business? If you're ready to share your yoga with the people who really need what you have to offer, growing your yoga business with more ease, flow, abundance, and support, check out my six-month yoga business training program, Growing Your Yoga Biz, at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga biz. Use coupon code bizofyoga when you check out for $500 off. Enrollments are open right now. Namaste.